This is Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. Broadcasting live from the old National Bank State Street Studio. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. A lot of bears to continue to discuss. 312-332-3776. Plenty of people want to chime in about where the Bears are at. I love What it. they're doing with their offense. The offensive coordinator, who is probably more responsible for it than most, had, he just met the media about an hour or so ago. And so we were talking about Justin Fields' heavy legs and what he's potentially going to do as the season progresses. And Luke Getze had this to say about those tired legs yeah no i think that's with any any players uh you have to do that right if if you call seven plays that are directed at cole Komet, he it's, it's going to be pretty hard to for him to be able to to do that so that's yeah, that's with any position uh and definitely that's we're, we're mindful of that for sure all right that's a little evasive there where he didn't answer the question specifically about the legs being tired sure if he's running seven consecutive plays i don't expect the eighth play Hell, if you get to seven consecutive plays where Justin Fields is running, you, you're probably asking the question, why have there been seven in a row, right? I'm sure he, you know, in that scenario, he's probably taken off and running because of the scrambling potentially. But there should never be a situation where Justin Fields is running seven in a row. Was there in, in last week's game? That, that, I don't think that's the case. So were there seven plays in a row where either he ran or he passed the ball and had to scramble? I have so, to go back and yeah, look at the game. Yeah, we'd have to go back to look to see, okay, the, the, there it is, the, right there. I mean, I hate wasting timeouts, but that's one of those where the offensive line's yeah. got to go down or somebody's got to go down. We can't take a timeout, and it can't be in the last five minutes of the first, uh, second half for the last um, two minutes of the first, where you go down and give your quarterback a little bit of a rest, but there's another valid reason for you don't want your quarterback running all over no God's doubt. green earth. You want him to be able to throw the ball over God's green earth. So I think this is where you get to through 10 games in the season. The Bears are 3-7. and seven. The record obviously isn't where you want it to be. But offensively, what we've seen from Justin Fields, heck, the last four weeks, it's a lot more encouraging than what we saw the first four weeks, right? You would agree with that, Yurko, right? We finally, at least oh, you yes. feel like there is oh, the yes. makings of uh, an NFL starter here. I, I told you he's uh, one of the most exciting quarterbacks to watch right now. And that's, exciting is different than being yes, and that's, you know, tremendous. That's why I think Bears fans across the city right. are excited despite the 3-7 and seven record. Right, is because happy. when I turn on the football game on Sunday at noon, I at least know the Bears are going to entertain me, right? Pull it from uh, from uh, Russell Crowe and Gladiator. Are you not entertained? At the very least, entertain me if you're not going to win football games. Here's the thing, though. Well, it's been entertaining. I'll give you that. So, that, so listen, that's better than being losing and being boring. Right. At the very I, was, I was entertained up until they lost the 24-10 lead. Fair. Then I was no longer entertained. Yes. Totally fair. All right. So right now, Justin Fields has 749 rushing yards. Right. That right now currently is 15th all-time ever by a quarterback in a season. So right now, with seven games left to go, he's already 15th all-time in rushing yards by a quarterback. The record is Lamar Jackson's 12.06. This is in jeopardy. This is certainly in jeopardy, especially with a 17th game. Right. He should, at this point, go past that rushing number as long as he doesn't. He avoids injury, right? Right. It's very, it's very much on the table. Can he do it in 16 games where you would just say, okay, there's no question 
his his he would be breaking the record in the same amount of time. All he has to do with what he's currently at right now, he's averaging 75 yards per game. In 16 games, that would bring him to 1,200. So it's very realistic that he could break this record in 12 games. He's also, in all likelihood, going to break the Bears' uh, single-season record by a quarterback, which, of course, I know you know. Bobby Douglas. Absolutely. With 972 back in 1972. He might might break that in the next three games. It's very, very likely. But what does that mean? Now, that's the question to me at this point. If you have a quarterback who's running, it's very likely we're watching Justin Fields' best rushing season ever. In fact, I hope we are. And I will, yeah, go ahead. No, no, because as exciting as it is, like, here's the thing. Lamar Jackson hit that height in his MVP season. He hasn't done it since. But the truth is, I don't think the Ravens, the Ravens don't want him running that much because you're exposing yourself to more hits. And here's here's the thing, by the way. Lamar Jackson has been banged up the last couple of years. Why? Probably as a result of running as much as he is. Yeah, so I'll acknowledge this also. When your team gets better, you'll have to run less. When your team gets better, ultimately, you'll be running less. So th- it'll go hand in hand. With the improvement of the team, Will uh, the running that uh, Justin Fields is going to have to do will go down. Let's try Matt, who's in St. Charles, wants to weigh in on Justin Fields' <coughs> heavy legs. What's going on, Matt? <coughs> hey, guys, how are you? Doing well. So... Who cares if his legs are heavy? So this guy is running all over the place. So he ran for 160 yards, but he probably ran for 220 yards. He's not just like waking up at 5 in the morning going out with a jo- going out for a jog with his Labrador Retriever. He's running on adrenaline. He's stopping. He's starting. He's moving. He's thinking. So my thing is, is like, yeah, his legs are tired. So what? I mean, I don't know well, how many people out there driving around in their cars. Yurko, I know you're a professional athlete. But I don't think you were running around the field 230 yards or 250 yards a game trying to scramble for your life. Also, the only reason why he is scrambling and he is running around because he doesn't have a line. And, Yurko, I'm so happy you said what you said. When the team gets better, he'll have to run left. Yep. So That's I, don't care about, I don't care about his legs being tired because I would be tired. <laughs> well, I think the point, I mean, correct me if you disagree, Yurko, I think the part of that, when the player himself offers up, though, that his legs are feeling heavy, yeah. it becomes a bit of a concern because there's still half a season to go almost, right? Right. But it's always a temporary thing. Yeah. Heavy legs are always a temporary thing. So you hope over the course of the week that that can, uh, you know, that can alleviate itself as you move forward. Maybe the legs being heavy is like, hey, let's not have to rely on my legs as much either. But a lot of what he's doing is instinctive back there. They've, they've called more run plays for him. Mm-hmm. I think that's coincided with the offense playing better and scoring more points has been pointed out today. You know, the, 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 they go hand in hand, you know. Yes. The more he started to run, the better things started to look. Not really an NFL offense, but still something productive and something you can get by with sure. for right now. Absolutely. Let's try Flex, who's in Minnesota. Flex, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey. Thanks for taking my call. Love the show. Hey, uh, first and foremost, man, why everybody keeps saying this coming out party was in New England? We almost beat a 5-1 and one Viking team. If I'm not remembering, the defense yeah. gave that game up. All right? Yep. Uh, secondly, man, Justin Fields deserves everything we're looking at. To me, he reminds me of Michael Jordan coming out party when he bust 58 uh, points against Boston. <laughs> You know, and then 63, now, 63, 63 flex. against Boston. 60, thank you. Thank you for the 63 big one. 
And we never seen that before, but what do we do? We build around them. Now, we want to talk about his pass and accuracy. Well, okay, the wide open pass to uh, Kyle Komet. He saw him all by himself, and then he threw it where no one else could catch it but Kyle Komet in the back of the end zone. But have we forgot about that pass on the sideline to Darnell Mooney? What was that? What was that pass there? I was like, oh, my God, did he just make that catch? Did he just make that throw? Yes, he did. So, no, man, I'm going to agree with the uh, other caller, man. Yeah. We got nothing but upside with yeah, this flex. guy. We got- we're not, I don't know if we're worried about passing accuracy as much as with the the willingness just to pull the trigger. And the ability to process and yeah. go through his reads Boom. quickly. And then pull the trigger. Yes. Pull the trigger. That's what we're looking for as we move forward. Um, I think his accuracy with better protection with everything, I think his passing accuracy is going to be fine. The willingness to pull the trigger is going to be the final hurdle. And potentially figuring out the difference between open in the NFL versus college and also having to understand what he needs to do to throw guys open. Because in the NFL, you need to roll up. If you're going to be successful, you need your quarterback to throw some receivers open at times as well. And that comes with time. No doubt. Let's try Dave, who's in Lake in the Hills. I believe he's going to be complimentary for the crosstalk unhinged that dropped yesterday. Dave, you're on with Yerko Mellor and Fakarm. How's it going, guys? It's going well. What's up, Dave? Hey, How are you? So good. I started listening on uh, the crosstalk unhinged, and really, you guys do a really great job. I got to tell you, you do a great job. All for you. Thank you. So, but this is towards Zirko. You know, I got my wife listening to it the last two the last two podcasts. Oh boy! Hey now. Yeah. So we were. She was just dying laughter last night after the one the, the last one. I got gotcha. you. So. so now she's waking up, and we, you know, we wake up, and we get ready for work, and we're saying goodbye, and then she's like, well, maybe later you can pull a Yurko. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, what she's calling it now. I love it, a Dave. Yurko. And you know what, Dave? I'm going to cut you off there. I'm going to encourage yeah, folks yeah. to go listen to the latest Crosstalk Unhinged and find out exactly what Dave's talking about. That's what they call a tease, folks. Go check it out. It's on the ESPN Chicago app. Let's try Brandon, who's in Fort Campbell. Brandon, you're on ESPN 1000, Mellor and for Carm. What's up, Brandon? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. You tell us. <laughs> right on. I'm taking my wife to her first Bears game ever down in Old Atlanta, Georgia on Sunday. I'm so fired up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And... Well, I guess what my biggest question is, Atlanta's offense, I don't really know so much about them because, you know, they're kind of vanilla, I guess. What do you think is our biggest threat for our defense going down to Atlanta playing them on Sunday? The biggest threat to the Bears' defense. The biggest threat to the Bears' with, defense. With what the offense uh, Atlanta's rolling out there. Well, the truth is, Arthur Smith is going to rely on the run. He's yeah. done so all season long. Patterson. And, well, and Marcus Mariota, right. he likes to run the RPOs quite a bit. The one that they they have invested highly in both Kyle Pitts and Drake London, first round pick pass catchers, and they have they're, not utilized not them. utilizing them at all. They're not because I think Arthur Smith understands disheartened that Marcus Mariota. The truth is that he is he, he's a a stopgap QB for them this year. They know they need to invest in that position, but right now. You know, I, I don't even know. He's he's barely serviceable, but Arthur Smith is doing it through the run game, relying heavily on that. He's shortening up the game. And so I think, honestly, the Bears' defense, they know what's coming, right? They're, they need to stop the run game and the RPOs that Marcus Mariota 
and the Falcons will run at them. Right. I think Patterson has been able to come into in uh, kind of uh, uh, goal line situations or red zone situations, gobbling up the touchdowns. But the Tyler uh, Algier, Algier, Mm -hmm. well, whoever, he's the guy that gets crux of the carries also. And does the kind of the hauling from twenty to twenty? Yeah, he and well, then they put Corduroy in there, and he he definitely has the last couple of weeks now. Patterson, right. they've eased him back in since he returned. Right. He two, had the two games at the yeah. He's he been had bad, the, he had the knee surgery, so he missed four weeks when he was on injured reserve, and they've eased him back in. But they do they've got like, and it's not just Algier. They have a, a, a three headed Caleb Huntley. Yes, sir. They have three running backs that they will utilize. And again, yeah, when you have three, you don't have one. That's the problem. Well, I mean, listen, when Patterson's out there, he's been really effective. I, I have to say, it's yeah. it's been revealing that Cordell Patterson, at, I think, age 31, Yerk, if I'm not mistaken. He is 31. He, he, like, it's amazing as many teams tried to keep him at the wide receiver position for as long as they did and not wreck. I mean, I guess. It the, was Chicago that used him in the backfield first, Matt, right? Matt Nagy's the one. Yeah. Well, I, Bill Belichick actually did it. Did he a little bit? He did. There was one game, actually, when they were short on running backs where Patterson was their primary running back. I remember on a Sunday night game where he had like 20-plus carries and went over 100 yards. And then, you know, Belichick, he just, just like a chameleon, continued to change you know, his colors and never went back to him again. But, yeah, Nagy, we saw a little bit of him in the, you know, in the backfield with Patterson. Patterson's been good for the Falcons for the last two years now. That's funny you say that because Belichick does that. When he has a guy and a guy has a ton of success back there, you can guarantee that guy's not going to see the ball next game. Jonas Gray? Yeah. I remember that. Oh, yeah. 200-plus yards. One guy drops the ball, he'd almost cut him. Move, yeah. Two weeks later, he'd probably cut him. You know, let him know that he's the boss. Everybody's replaceable, especially the running back position, which is something I do want to touch on with you a little bit later in the show. But up next, it is Thursday, which means it is your chance to play McKnight at the Movies. We'll do so next. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. Follow at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64 on Twitter. Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. McKnight at the Movies. Connor McKnight recreates classic cinema on Carmen and Yurko, only on ESPN Chicago. Learn something new every day. Yurko educating me on the, on the Belgian team, the na- the nationalities of uh, some key players. So we'll continue to do that off the air. Yes, we will. But you can hit us up on Twitter as well if you like uh, some World Cup knowledge. I can drop that for you on Twitter. I know I saw someone uh, hit us up uh, and propose that uh, Yurko, you, me, Abdallah, maybe Black, if he wants, we should drop a pod, a World Cup preview. I'm all for it. I mean, you throw Abdallah in there if we got enough mics. I said Black too. Yeah, well, I the, said Abdallah four Black. Sock, I four, you, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, you meant the four I of thought us. I, said, I, thought, I thought you said I was all right. Did include spider. the four of us? Didn't I say all four? I, I, I think just included us, but I appreciate Yurko also including us. Double. That's right. Yes. Doubled it up. Yeah. That's what I want. I thought we needed five mics, but we only need four. The four soccer heads. I'm ready, guys. Today, tomorrow, when we're ready. All right, so we'll have to figure that what out. What are you guys thinking? <laughs> I mean, the competition starts on Sunday. If we're going to do this, it needs to happen now, right? Yeah, well, put it on the calendar. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, put it on the calendar. Send an invite. Yeah, send, send the invite for 2026. Yeah, send the team's invite, and we'll at see the, if we can get it. At the very least, what we should do is make our uh, final 16 picks public. 16? The, yeah, who, who's getting out of the group? Who's getting out of the group? Top two finishers. Okay, yeah, yeah. Out of the group. I mean, because I got Brazil and Serbia coming out of that group. That doesn't All surprise right. me, actually. We could release the picks. 
Yeah, let's release the right. picks. We'll uh, we'll get into the lab and start let's to figure do that. it out. Let's, let's get do to the lab. Absolutely. That's what I want. Jericho, I want some lab work. Uh, do a, uh, a Teams invite for us, and we'll uh, we'll we'll be there. Jericho, what we'll... invite? What? what? Jericho, run. <laughs> I just got my computer back. What the hell are you guys asking me for? I got to reacquaint myself with this. Run it. Run a, teams run, run, it run a Zoom for us, Jerk. What a what? A Zoom. Get us, get us a Zoom going. Uh, I'm Jeff Meller, in for Carmen today on Carmen and Yerko. And, of course, it's Thursday, which means that it is McKnight at the Movies. And for those who are unaware, this is your opportunity to win yourself a Lou Malnati's gift card if you're the first correct caller who knows what movie, what famous movie scene Connor McKnight is laying out for us as he does the play-by-play so well. For us here on uh, the ESPN White Sox radio network, uh, he also does it for the Carmen and Yerko. Radio Network. The McKnight at the Movies, of course, uh, Connor does the play-by-play of the famous scene. And if you know what scene he's talking about, be the first correct caller at 312-332-3776, and you will win yourself a gift card to Lou Malnati's. All right, let's get things started. Our scene opens as a screaming audience meets their hero. I I mean, this group is losing it over what they're seeing. The man of the hour walks out onto the stage, and the screaming turns up yet another notch and another octave. Everyone, except one fan, is excited beyond belief. Now, this out-of-place man thinks he has an actual connection with the mythical superstar up on stage, and he's now started questioning the veracity of this star himself. It's getting weird, but the act goes on all while this man, decked in felt and fur, Gives the older guy the nth degree. Interesting. Anything coming to mind here for you, Yerk? Nothing has triggered. I, I, I might need to find out something about the actors. Yeah, I have to say, I am a little bit perplexed here. A couple of movies ran through my head, but it doesn't seem like based on... In what sort of genre? Are we talking rom-com? Are we talking action? Rom-com did not come to mind. Okay. So we shall see. At the right. moment, the Twitchers do not know. All right. Okay, so that's Twitch. important. Twitch, up your game. They're puzzled. We do not have a correct caller yet either, so keep on trying if you think you know it. All right, second try. A bit on our actors. Some true comedic genius throughout. But the main character might be the man of the 2000s. Two older guys in this movie as well. One of the finest comedians from the late 60s all the way into the early 90s. The other more known for playing badasses. But he shows heart here, and it excels. Others in the movie include the most famous bangs in Hollywood, Doc Brown's love interest, the old man from Up, and the best but smallest Lannister. Oh. Oh. Oh? The best but the smallest Lannister. You know who that is. I don't. I can't say that I do. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know what? You enlighten me. We'll turn our mics off as we get to the third. Yes. I think we're still looking for a winner. The Twitchers know it. Okay. I I think we have a winner, Uh, but uh, here uh, we go. For you guys, here's part number three. Back to the scene. Our protagonist continues his line of questioning, and it's getting more difficult for the act to go on. These aren't hard-hitting Sorkin-esque barbs. This fully grown man is, is acting like a child would. He's playing it earnestly, and it's paying off. This would all get shut down if not for the fact that the man is wearing the kind of getup that allows him to blend right in with the seasonal look. At a glance, you'd think he's a helper. After a few more insults, the grown man has had enough. He's spotted the fat man's beard is fake and has torn it off. The crowd of kids loses it, and a fight ensues. 
So well done by Connor. I have no doubt that uh, we I, have I our had winner. It. I had you, it after the uh, small slanister. Yeah, yeah you, you arrived at the correct answer quicker than I did. I finally got there in the third clue. I'm so bad at this sometimes, but uh, let's go to the caller, Ben, who I believe has our answer. Ben, who was or what is the film that Connor was giving us there? The movie is Elf. Believe you are correct. Yep, 100%. That's 100% nice 100% job, correct, Ben. Though. You have won yourself a gift card to Lou Malnati's. And for those who did not get it, or even for those who did, here, of course, is the big reveal. Sam. Who the heck are you? What are you talking about? I'm Santa Claus. No, you're not. Uh, why, of course I am. <laughs> you're Santa. What song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? Uh, happy birthday, of course. <laughs> uh, so, uh, how old are you, son? Four. You're a big boy. What's your name? Paul. And uh, what can I Paul, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? He's <laughs> kidding. You stink. I think you're going to have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Okay. He's a fake! Of course, the holiday classic Elf, starring Will Ferrell. I love it. It's a great movie. I mean, that's where I finally got it, was when he said the guy that dominated the early 2000s. Yes. That's what led me in the right direction, comedy-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the smallest Lannister. And I told you, you know, I've never watched Game of Thrones. Yes. I, and and I, I'm like, I know, well, you I, all know who the hell the smallest I, Lannister is. No, no, no. Is, I, I know who Peter Dinklage is. Yeah. I, I, though, however, have not uh, done the Game of Thrones gauntlet yet. So that one was a blind spot for me. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you how it works, too. When you do finally go watch Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. slow. Really? The, the beginning of it is slow. You, gotta, you need to be patient with it. You need to let it develop and the characters develop because all the characters are important for everything that ha- happens afterwards. The problem is I, th- I feel like uh, a lot has been spoiled for me via social media. Yeah, so, but even I go, I've gone back and watched stuff. Yeah, and you've caught and it new surprised things. me. Right. Yes. Uh, you, I know, I I know a, you were a give big... Give it a whirl. I know uh, Abdallah was a big got guy, right? You were in on that. I, not when it was on. Okay. So but, I, I did it during the pandemic. We it. watched everything, and then literally it was like, do you want to watch Game of Thrones? Mm. And my wife was hesitant, and then we did, and it was it was fine. Was it the first episode where uh, the little guy gets fine. thrown out of the window when he's watching the brother and the sister go at it? Yeah, that, That's I don't the know first the, episode. I don't know if that was the very first episode. Okay, was but, the very first episode? I don't know. I, I thought don't it was. It was kind of a blur because we would do like three or four in a day. Yeah. So, yeah. But when that happened, I'm like, this is some serious stuff here. Good binge watch? Hey, ladies. Was, it, was it a good binge watch, do you think? Yeah, or? it was fine. All right. Yeah. It was fine. Eight seasons? Yeah, like the last season wasn't very good. Yeah, well, but, but once you got to seven and eight, you kind of started so, scratching yeah. your head a little bit. I know the problem was that they no longer had source material that they were working off yeah. of. The right. first five or six seasons, I know they were working off the books. Listen, them dragons so. were something to behold. All right. Okay, them dragons were something to behold. Right. I listen. And when that one dragon got the blue eyes... 
and was part of the the the, the Walking Dead or yeah. the, the sure when that dragon got blue eyes, I said things have just got complicated. I will take things your word. Have, they've got a dragon now. I things will, are getting complicated. I will take your word for right. it. Uh, have you have you gotten in on House of the Dragons? I have not getting okay. the new stuff. I don't got really it. care for. Yes, I, I don't care. Okay, you've given me it. This is what I want. Like the Sopranos thing well, that came out, the yeah. the movie, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the with him as young. Don't care. I don't care. All right, things we do care about. Pauly Cheesecakes picks. It oh, is boy. Thursday. Pauly, no Carm today. Meller is in for Carm, but you have Yurko. What's going I on? Went you got two your... and one. I went two and one last week. You did. Five and one in the last two weeks, Pauly. You're on a roll. Actually, no, no, actually, the last four weeks, I'm nine and three. Oh, you are hot. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm making a, win. For, for, for next week, I'm making a uh, Milky Way cheesecake for Thanksgiving. I love oh, it. Oh, okay. Send Lovely. some to the station, hey, Polly. Before Polly. we get your pick, we had a question yes. earlier this week. Is a cheesecake a cake, a pie, or a, or a tart? tart? It's, it's a cake and a tart. Okay. Well, cake and a tart. We're asking you which one it is. Well, not- it, 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 I, consider it, I, I consider it a cake. I oh, consider it a cake. This your personal so. belief is it's a cake. Yes, yes, yes. But you did yes. give us a tart. Yes, I did. All right, yeah. we appreciate it. What do you pick this week? Okay, listen. I want the I want the Ravens over the Panthers. Okay, Ravens over the Panthers. I'm taking the Bears. You got the, the Bears again. Huh? Taking the points. Yes, I do. Bears with the points. Yes, and and I want uh, the Bills over the Browns. Even if that game is moved to Detroit, are you okay with that, Paulie? Because there's a blizzard. Yes, I am. All right. Yeah. All right, yeah. so you like the Bills? Yeah, because, because, uh, I saw what the Dolphins did to the Browns last week. The Browns are terrible. Right right now, the Bills are laying eight points. If you lock it in now, we, that game could that's be being fine. moved that's to Detroit. Fine. All that's right. fine. Love fine. He loves laying the wood. Paulie loves laying the laying lumber. The wood. Love yeah, laying the lumber. All right, Paulie, we got you locked in for your three picks. We will so, uh, check. And, and listen, yes. next week I'll be calling in on Tuesday because of the holiday. No so, problem. Good we, foresight we by wait. you, Paulie. Yes. Good foresight by you, my man. As always, we always appreciate Paulie Cheesecake's picks. He gives them to you on, normally on Thursday. Next week, he's though, hot. he's going to be early. He's better than listen, Carmen is. He's better than Carm right now. Well, a lot of, people are. Than a lot of people are hotter than Carm right now. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. All right. Up next, though, we will go to the desert and check in with Todd Furman and give you what the pros know in Vegas here on ESPN 1000. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Jeff Meller in for Carmen DeFelco today on Carmen and Yerko. Of course, every Thursday at this time, the boys welcome in uh, a Vegas insider, a man who knows a thing or two about where to put your money down, the host of the Bet the Board pod. You can follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman. Todd Furman joins us here on the Carmen and Yerko show on ESPN 1000. All right, Todd, we are at least a lot of fans here in Chicago are thrilled about watching an exciting Justin Fields, but Yurko, the man in the studio with me now, would like to see a win from the Bears. What do you think about the Bears heading to Atlanta getting points this Sunday? Uh, I can tell you that they've attracted attention in the betting market from professional bettors because of that optimism around how dynamic this Bears offense has looked in recent weeks. The challenge that I have, guys, is eventually you have to get over the hump. And last week I was a little bit apprehensive about the Bears laying points. Didn't think they would blow a two-touchdown lead and completely unravel at the hands of the Lions. 
Here, though, you have a couple of different things in play. The Bears had their guts ripped out by a divisional rival last Sunday. Atlanta has had a stew for an extra few days over a disappointing performance against a divisional rival in their own right. Atlanta's a team that's going to try and run the football right down your throat, and we've seen the Bears' vulnerability in terms of stopping the run. Atlanta obviously doesn't have much that they offer up in the way of weapons on the outside. The relationship between Mariota and Kyle Pitts hasn't performed nearly as well as fantasy managers or Atlanta Falcons fans would like. I look at this game at three, and I really think it's the perfect number here. I'm curious to see where the total goes. It might be slightly inclined to look to go over in the first half, as we've seen the Bears defense struggle and them come out with surprisingly dynamic offensive game plans early over the last couple weeks. All right, we got Indianapolis at home. They won last week. Philadelphia went from the ranks of the unbeaten to once beaten now. They're giving away seven and a half points in and my man Carmen had a very interesting stat of teams that have been giving seven points or more. They're like 11 and 22, some ridiculous number where the underdog has really been finding a way to cover in these things. So I got it. Indy, Philadelphia, I'm getting seven and a half. What do you see? I really can't argue with making a slight case to back the home underdog with Indy. Now, my biggest reservation, Yerk, and you could probably speak more to this, you know, what does Indianapolis look like when they lose that element of surprise? Jeff Saturday now has put a game plan on tape along with Parks Frazier. I'm not sure beating the Raiders in my backyard uh, exactly says that this offense has fixed everything that ails them. But to your point, when you look at underdogs in this price range, they've been outstanding. Home underdogs catching a touchdown or more this year, unblemished, uh, 4-0-2 against the spread. You look at what they've done, underdogs of four points or more in any situation this year. They've hit at a 65% clip. It's actually the best record for dogs in that price range through Week 10 since 1999. I think further illustrating some of the parity. And you wonder about Philadelphia, who spent nearly 80 plays out on the field defensively. Fletcher Cox said it was a little bit embarrassing, and they were banged up. Uh, against the Washington Commanders in terms of their inability to stop the run. Let's see if Jonathan Taylor gets on track, an opportunity for this team to connect with a few plays over the top against an Eagles secondary that's down Avante Maddox now as well. I actually like this game over the total. I think both these offenses will be able to move the football, uh, and I think looking to go over a number at 44.5 is extremely reasonable. So that's the most compelling case that I'd have to get involved in this one from a wagering perspective. Todd Furman joining us here on Carmen and Yurko. Jeff Meller in for Carmen DeFalco today here on ESPN 1000. All right, tonight, Todd, we've got the Tennessee Titans visiting Lambeau Field against the Packers, and the Titans already have ruled out four starters, but the Packers, of course, are banged up as well. Looks like the Packers are the usual home favorite of three points. What do you see here that you like? You mentioned some of those injuries for the Titans defensively. There's a lot of optimism that they'll at least get one key cog back in Jeffrey Simmons. He's a gamer, unfortunately, missed the game over the weekend against the Broncos, but it didn't stop the Tennessee Titans against the much maligned Denver Broncos. You look at this number, guys, and it opened significantly shorter in that one, one and a half range. Green Bay, of course, with that improbable comeback against the Cowboys last week, the Titans have been an afterthought in terms of professional betters, but there's also a reason that they've covered seven in a row. They just go out there and they make games ugly. We know they're going to do everything they can to establish Derrick Henry and try and pound the interior of that Green Bay defense. If the Titans are in known passing situations, I think that'll play right into the strength of this Green Bay secondary. 
highlighted by Jair Alexander. The one thing that I look at for this game is these two teams, especially in the first half in neutral game states, play extremely slow. So when I see a total of 20 out there, pretty much widely available, I think you could see a feeling out process early on, the Titans putting together a long, sustained drive. And now that the element of surprise is gone from Christian Watson, you know, three touchdown catches of his four receptions there. While Tennessee's secondary does leave a lot to be desired, I worry about Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari on such a short turnaround and their questionable status. So I think we're going to see both these teams look to establish the run early. The level of effectiveness remains to be seen. I'll go under the total in the first half. I've got to go out west if I'm going to find any uh, football of top 25 teams. Uh, USC goes out to play UCLA. Who do you like in this one? Interesting matchup. Uh, my inclination early on was to back UCLA as I make this game significantly shorter than what the market has. The more reading and research I did here, I have some concerns about this UCLA defense. They haven't exactly been truly battle-tested, even in the rigors of the Pac-12. Yes, they held serve at home against Washington and Utah, but the defense not quite constructed the same way now. I never love players who lose a game outright as a three-touchdown favorite that are chirping about their next, week op- next week's opponent. In the post-game press conference, USC has been pretty mums. We'll see if USC can establish the ground game. It hurts losing a player as dynamic from a veteran leadership standpoint as Travis Dye. No real strong convictions for me one way or the other, but I will tell you, Yerk, if USC is able to win and make a convincing statement here, clinching their ticket to the Pac-12 championship, I'm hoping that we get a pretty favorable number uh, with the Golden Domers traveling out west next weekend who will be much more physical uh, and can provide significantly more resistance on the defensive side than what the powder blue and gold will do Saturday night at the Rose Bowl. Todd, I'm just curious. I want to go back to the pros for one moment here. How do you approach a game like the Buffalo Bills and Cleveland Browns where there's speculation that the game could be moved from Buffalo to Detroit to accommodate a potential blizzard on Sunday? Is there anything uh, you're your average Joe can do out there to take advantage of this situation, or do you just need to lay off and wait and t- wait and see what actually happens? No, there is, and I won't plug the uh, particular sports book, but for those folks uh, well acquainted with some of the bigger operators in the space, especially in the state of Illinois, one of them has unique stipulations in their house rules that as long as the home team designation doesn't change, all bets are still honored. So if you happen to be shrewd and may want to take a shot to go over 42 and a half, hoping that snow gets removed from the equation, the game gets moved inside, that's probably going to put yourself in a very good spot. Uh, so I would encourage folks to read those house rules, figure out which book I'm referring to, uh, and be willing to take a little bit of a shot to have a touchdown benefit should this game be played on a fast track inside more so than three feet of snow in western New York Sunday afternoon. See, that's why Todd Furman is the expert. Love that's that. That's the angle. Yes, exactly. That's the angle. But that's what uh, the listeners need to know that they're right. not aware of. You can follow him on Twitter, at Todd Furman, of course. Check out the podcast, the Bet the Board podcast. All right. Yerko, we got all the football out of the way. World Cup begins on Sunday. (laughs) You got a couple of soccer heads in the studio today. Not that Carm's not, but uh, I'm going to push him out of the way and say that I'm a little bit bigger football fan than him, Todd. All right, so what is uh, your approach to the World Cup as it gets going on Sunday? What do you like? So I think when you look at the World Cup, traditionally we see a feeling out process, especially with the first game in the group stage. But that hasn't quite been the case over the last couple of years, as you see scoring up significantly across the highest profile domestic leagues in Europe, you're going to see teams that are undermanned typically from the Asian sides and the African side that may want to be a little bit more compact. They're going to look to try and counter out there. So I don't do a ton with totals early on. Uh, but what I will say, if you're looking at the biggest markets out there as far as odds to win the whole thing, 
There are a number of books that will offer Confederation to win. And I think when you look at Conmebol, uh, which is the South American side, you're able to include both Argentina, Brazil, and a little bit of a long shot in Uruguay in your portfolio. So if you can find that price at two to one, I like that better than any of the individual sides. Uh, I think everyone would love to see Lionel Messi matched up against Neymar in a Brazil-Argentina final, should that be in the cards. If you're looking for some of the favorites in various groups uh, that I'd be happy to take positions against, uh, I think Belgium at this point is a little bit long in the tooth. While you still have Kevin De Bruyne that anchors that midfield, the golden generation has passed, and I think they become one of the European sides that's a little bit more vulnerable. So if you bet against Belgium to be the group winner, should be able to find a price of right around plus 130. And France would be the other team. I think the Danes uh, play enough of a compact style. France down a couple of their key cogs. We know it's a team that doesn't handle prosperity all that well. So I think Denmark, if you're looking for a long shot to win the group. Now, as far as individual matchups, as we try and go through, some of these numbers have moved, so I'll share what prices I bet them at. I went under in Iran and England on Monday. I think this is an Iranian team would be more than comfortable to lose 1-0 and keep themselves in a good position knowing that the U.S. and Wales were on deck. Uh, they were one of the tougher sides to break down through Asian qualifying, and I think England has shown an inability to really get their offense on track through Nations League. Took a goal and a half in two games. Uh, did so with the Canadian side against Belgium, uh, plus one and a half, minus $1.40. And I actually think Japan uh, can give Germany a little bit of fits on the counterattack. The Germans, great going forward, a little bit susceptible in the back. Uh, and this has real boomer bust potential. But I think the Japanese side can be very much in the thick of things. And still poking around, may end up on Morocco, plus a half a goal against Croatia. But uh, that's kind of what? where my head is at with the World Cup kicking off. That one's a loser. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> You, you, you knew I had to get that in there for I you. You, you knew I had to get that jab one way or another and, for the Croatian side. And you got it. All right, give me a couple of best plays for the week. So one, in, uh, actually a couple in the NFL. Uh, we're going to take a game that we didn't break down, the highest profile. I think that it's created the biggest questions in the betting market. I'm going to back the Cowboys, laying one and a half on the road at the Vikings. I think you get Dallas at a little bit of a discounted price here. Bounce back spot. Minnesota, extremely fortunate to get that win at Buffalo. Look for the Cowboys to put together a complete four-quarter effort. We'll go under the total in an AFC North game between the Bengals and Steelers. Please shop around, though. 20 and a half, much better than 20, as 20 is one of the key numbers there. I think Lou Anarumo has a few wrinkles for Kenny Pickett, and I don't think this Bengals offense can hit big plays over the top without Jamar Chase. And the ultimate dumpster diving game in the Mountain West on Saturday evening, we're going to take Colorado State, the lowly Rams, plus 21.5 against Air Force. I think the clock continues to churn. Colorado State playing a little bit better. They've shown fight. And if they have any red zone execution, this may be a one-score game deep into the fourth quarter. So Colorado State plus 22 to round out our Holy Trinity picks this weekend. As always, that expertise is the voice of Todd Furman. Check out the Bet the Board podcast for more great nuggets like that. As always, Todd, we appreciate it. Enjoy the kickoff of the World Cup on Sunday, my man. Hey, looking forward to it. It's not quite as early as the European uh, NFL games that we've grown accustomed <laughs> to, but nothing says kicking off a football Sunday like Qatar and Ecuador for World Cup 2022. There's a first time for everything. Love it, Todd. <laughs> appreciate it, man. You got it, guys. Have a great weekend. Love Todd Furman's hits with Carmen and Yurko every Thursday around 135 here on ESPN 1000. All right. If you've been listening for the Carmen and Yurko, if you've been listening to the Carmen and Yurko show for any amount of time, you know the show philosophy on paying running backs. Well, I've got one NFL insider who suggests that the Bears could be the perfect landing spot for a big name free agent. I'll share that with Yurko and get his reaction next. 
This is Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. See what we're up to. See them on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko back here on ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller in for Carmen today. And the Carmen and Yurko show philosophy, which I have generally been in complete support of is not to overpay running backs because in this day and age in the NFL that is one of the most if not the most replaceable commodity available would you agree with that is that a fair representation Yurko? yeah I think so I think that's fair and I have generally you know have been in full support of that however over the last few weeks I floated the idea because the Bears are flush with cap and after looking through some of the potential free agents that are going to be available in this offseason, I have pointed out to both Waddle, Sylvie, Dion Miller, who I host a pregame show with here on ESPN 1000, um, that names like Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley are intriguing to me if, if the rest of the league is still continuing to devalue running backs. And, and when I say devalue, I guess properly value running backs. If the rest of the league, if there's no team out there that is going to make it, you know, make an exorbitant offer to Barkley or Jacobs, one of those guys are interesting to me because I'm, cons- I'm assuming the Bears are going to probably move on from David Montgomery. He has not, what we've seen from Khalil Herbert has just proven to me that David Montgomery is not a guy who the Bears need to pay any significant amount of money to. Yeah, there's no reason. His replacement is right there doing better than he is right Absolutely. now. Now, and when and when Herbert becomes a four year guy, you yes. say goodbye to him and you replace him with whoever you have. The part of the reason, though, that Jacobs and Barkley are both intriguing to me is because I think both those running backs are amongst the top ten in football and are closer to game breaking ability. I'm intrigued more so by Josh Jacobs because I think he would be he would come at a at a, a, a less cost than Saquon Barkley. However. Dan Graziano, NFL insider, was on Get Up earlier today, and he was asked where Saquon Barkley could potentially end up, and the Bears were on his mind. You had a really interesting uh, column on ESPN.com in which you and Jeremy Fowler sort of speculate about Saquon's future. He's in the final right. year of his contract. What is the general? He's having. He's playing so well, and the Giants are the surprise yeah. of the league. Is it just a lock that he is back in New York it, next year? It's not a lock because, you know, running backs are not, it's not a position where people like to spend money. The Giants have a lot of work to do on their roster in spite of their record, which I know is excellent, uh, but they, they know they have to keep building it out. So it, it's about putting the salary cap puzzle together. They're going to need help at receiver. They have to figure out quarterback. Daniel Jones is a free agent as well. Do you bring him back? You bring somebody else in? Whatever decision you make there is going to cost. So I, I believe they'd like to bring Saquon Barkley back. But I also think there's probably a number beyond which that they won't go, and that would make him a free agent able to sign elsewhere. And just because I found it fascinating, you speculated about one place that you could see him winding up that could be very intriguing. Well, I threw out the Bears because, like, this is, you know, you have Justin Fields obviously already there. Imagine the two of them together and what that run game would look like and how potentially explosive. I think when people speculate on Saquon, if he's not back with the Giants, They'll want to put him on the top offenses, right, like as, as an a, accent piece in Buffalo or in Kansas City, place like that. But, you know, it could be, it would be interesting to see him in a place like Chicago if they want to build it out from the run game and, and, um, and lean on that with Justin Fields as he developed. 
Who is that? Dan Graziano. Why? Why? Yeah, why? With Josh Jacobs. They're the number one running team in the league. Why do you need Josh Jacobs? Or, well, he said Saquon Barkley more. Or Saquon I, I was Barkley. bringing up Jacobs as a possibility as well. Do you know what they pay well. Saquon right now? Yeah, he's now that's definitely a conversation because of where he was drafted. Yes. He is highly paid to begin he's, with. He's going to make $7.8 million. That's his cap number, 7 and, 8 and He's, he's going to want more than that. Well, and when you look across some of the... McCaffrey's at 16, Kamara's at 15, bingo. Ezekiel's at 15, Cook is 12-6, Henry is 12-5, Chubb is 12-2. Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones is twelve. And, Mixon is twelve. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you've, that's that's literally all the names that I have. Yeah. The key names that are around twelve million dollars. Now, have all those players been paid? And are we at a point in the NFL where nobody's going to pay Saquon Barkley that money? That's the question I ask you. Is well, it, I, I, I'm at the point in the NFL where I don't think a running back deserves that kind of money. That's where I'm at. Even if they're amongst the best in the league. Well, are, are, the, any problem of those guys- is, the problem is in Chicago, mm-hmm. even with the way it's going to look, even when he starts to master the pass with Justin Fields, I think what you're going to have if you run the ball 30 times is your quarterback's going to run at 8. Yep. Your number one running back's going to run at 13. And your second running back's going to run at 9. So how much So what am I money? paying yeah. one guy $14 million <laughs> I mean, to do that for? I'm- when I could pay my both of my running backs about $8 million and be a very happy camper. A million per carry per game, basically, if we break it down. Yes. Um, now, the Bears are the number one rushing team right now. Sure. What am I adding to make it the number one rushing team more? Or you just want a redistribution of the wealth and the arts? So, the, when I look at it, my thought process or reasoning is the Bears currently are projected to have $110.8 million in cap room. Yes. That is almost twice as much as the second most, which will be the Falcons, who are projected to have 61.6, and the Patriots are projected to have 52.5, third most. Clearly, the Bears are going to have plenty of room to work with. And my only question is, all that money they're going to have available to them, when you look at some of the other free agents that are going to be available, which I'm concerned... A, a, you know, you're not going to get necessarily a tackle who's going to be on the market that you want to pay big money to. An edge rusher probably not going to be available to you where you want to break the bank. So if if the value for you is there, if you could get someone like Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley between ten and twelve million dollars when they're one of the better running backs in the league, is your money better? You're getting better bang for your buck in that situation. Is my question. Then, then you could if you I, have to go get a second I think, tier I think tackle. You can't. I don't. I don't think you can spend your money foolishly. I. I don't think you can give a back who's not a top ten back top ten money. And I think both those guys are top ten running backs. So if you can get them to agree to a three year deal where they're still both in their prime, is it, am I making it at least a little bit more? Um, I'm not enticed by it because I don't play. I don't pay players money that don't deserve the money. And you don't think at in any cost you don't want to pay Saquon Barkley twelve million dollars a year? No, because okay. where, where, where does he make your team better? You're already the number one rushing team in the league. But I think he's a, he's a good enough pass catcher where he's a three down back and he's somebody who could help increase your passing game. Give Justin Fields, you know. The uh, the outlet, the dump offs. He's a good pass blocker as well. All right, he's going to make seven point eight million dollars, right? Saquon Barkley. You'd this rather year. you'd rather have the kid from Vegas anyway, though. Jay, I no. Well, I think if I had my choice, if it's even, I want Barkley. But I think Jacobs will come at less of a cost. So I right. think you could probably get Jacobs for ten. Uh, if I was going to do anything, I'd do it at less of a cost. But wouldn't? But at that point, you're wouldn't, just. Wouldn't your guy Herbert be your starter anyway? He's fine. I don't like him in pass. Like when he's on the field, I feel like the Bears are telling people that they're running the ball 
and I want a running back who, to your point, uh, yeah. as we were discussing earlier, I want a three-down back. Yeah, I want a guy that can play first or third down that you don't have to take out of the game and tell people what you're doing. I don't like that. All right. It is time for Crosstalk coming your way with Waddle and Sylvie. But first, before we do that, it, of course, is time for the final word, which Yurko has today brought to you by Bath Planet. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final word. Word. On Carmen and Yuriko. K-O so you're round. saying that you're okay that you K-O like. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm icing. I'm a soldier at war. Let me ask you this. You got to be careful with me. Let me ask you one question. Here. Let me ask I'll you one question. Here. Over the top. You want a piece? Well, you physically you just violated me. You, you physically just violated me. You saw that. 